there's a greater in me that is not average. It's above average. And so once I'd made a conscious decision that I was going to live, things just started coming my way. You know, when I opened my heart and my mind to the possibilities that it could happen for me, then things started happening, Jerome. I mean, there's no great thing that I did. I just said yes to the process. I just opened my mind and my heart to my possibility. In the back of your mind, your dreams should be real, right? Thanks all for tuning in to Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dream. Are you ready? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got the great fortune of having Tawana Williams with me today. Tawana, you're down east in North Carolina. How are you? I am doing great, ready to shake and bake. I love the energy already. This is going to be action-packed, guys. You better buckle up and get your seatbelts on because this is going to be one of the best episodes we have done so far. Before we dive into this, Tawana, how can the listeners get in contact with you if they love what you have to say? Yes, TawanaWilliams.com. That's T-A-W-A-N-A Williams.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Tawana.Williams. So I'm, I'm available. I'm here. I'm there. I'm everywhere. <laughs> so the thing that's exciting about this for me, at least one of the few things that are exciting is Toronto was my 7,000th connection. And I was like, wait. And I really started digging in on who you were and what you were about. Like you've been on Oprah and all kinds of stuff. So like, let's give the listeners a little bit about your background and like how you got to the place you are of being the hope coach. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm the Hope Coach Tawana Williams, your messenger of hope, help, and inspiration. And I was blessed to be born without arms and impaired use of my legs due to the drug thalidomide that was given to my mother when she was pregnant with me. Then my mother told me there was nothing that I could not do. Mm. And I had a Grandma Rogers that did not play with me. And when I was four and a half years old, she looked me in the eyes and she said, T, you must not have needed arms because God didn't give them to you. She said, nothing's missing. If you don't have it, then you don't need it. And those words have resonated throughout my soul. And yes, I've overcome some major adversities and challenges throughout my life. I was gang raped many years ago during a home invasion, raped by my stepfather. I was addicted to crack and cocaine for 10 long years. I've experienced abortion, motherhood, a stroke, and a mild heart attack. So I know that I'm here to help you overcome whatever adversities and challenges you may be facing in your life. And that's why I am unarmed, but dangerous, and the hope coach. Woo-woo! Oh my goodness. Yes. Mm. Been through a lot, been through a lot, but I'm still here and I'm still standing and pushing others into their greatness. 
So how did you fix the trauma that you went through? Like, I mean, was it counseling? Like most people don't recover from stuff like that. How did you come out of that? A lot of prayer. I had a praying grandma, my grandma Rogers. She passed away in 1999, but prior to her death, she was always in my face and in my ear telling me what was possible for me and what God said about me. And then I had my husband, Toby, you know, who is a force in my life that don't play. (laughs) And he continues to push me. You know, they just teamed up on me and said, you can do this. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, you can do this. And so at some point in my life, it stuck and it stayed. And I started believing in myself. And so the rest is history. (laughs) Whoa. Those words were enough to get you to push to the new level and become this dynamic speaker that's been on national platforms. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it wasn't easy, but I made a conscious decision that I was going to live and not die. And so on the inside of me, I had, you know, I had some some stuff on the inside that most people don't have. I'm just going to say that right now. You know, there's a greater in me that is not average. It's above average. And so once I'd made a conscious decision that I was going to live, things just started coming my way. You know, when I open my heart and my mind to the possibilities that it could happen for me, then things started happening, Jerome. I mean, there's no great thing that I did. I just said yes to the process. I just opened my mind and my heart to my possibilities. You know, at some point in my life, I was locked down in my heart, in my spirit, you know, There were times in my life where I was so focused on my limitations that I forgot all about my my possibilities, you know? So once I realized that it was possible for me to soar, you know, when I realized that it was possible for me to live a life of purpose, then it was on and popping for me. I just moved on that thing. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So talk to me a little bit about like your journey, you, you mentioned drug addiction. I've also heard you on other platforms and specifically at the conference you had on Saturday, you said that you didn't want to live off of a disability check. Absolutely. So what have you done to support yourself? Because you said one, like you don't have arms and then two, you're impaired to walk. And a lot of people take those things for granted. But I mean, if you think about not having just those basic resources at your disposal, like, wh- what did you decide that you were able to do and how how do you earn a living or how have you earned a living in the past? I am a Les Brown Platinum motivational speaker since 2004. I became a Les Brown Platinum speaker. Actually, I've been speaking since 1996. In the beginning, um, my husband, Toby, and I, we just started traveling locally, just giving my testimony. And I knew that it was going to be greater than that. And so I just kept doing it. I just kept moving. Uh, My husband, Toby, like I said, he's a force in my life that does not play with me. And he sees greater in me. And he tells me what he sees. And I make a decision whether or not 
I want to move on it. And so every time he says it, I move on it. <laughs> you know, um, he is one of the ones, one of the people in my life that pushed me to become a motivational speaker. Um, in 1996, early 96, my husband Toby looked at me one day and he said, T, he said, you weren't born this way for me, for our family. You were born this way to let the world see how most people live defeated lives when they don't have to. And I was like, wow, that's just uh, an amazing statement. So he said, now we're going to do something about it. He gave me $300. He bought me a computer, ordered me some business cards, and we prayed. And he said, let's go get busy. And so I just got busy. I started calling strangers to open doors for me. I emailed 50 to 60 people a day with my toes. I don't play. I type 25, maybe 25, 30 words a minute with my toes. I'm not playing with my stuff. And so I got busy. And, you know, the rest is really history, Jerome, because I was not playing. You know, I made a conscious decision that I was going to live and not die. Disability couldn't pay me what I was worth. And I knew that early in the game. And so I said, you know what? This is not going to happen for me. You know, I knew that I was not going to be limited. I don't like limitations. I don't like that. You know, I, I just move and I just do what I'm supposed to do. And, and that's what I did. You know, I'm a speaker, an author, an artist. You know, I'm a woman of many gifts and passion, you know, to help people and push people. And so that's what I started doing. And here I am doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm co-producing my debut movie, Eagle Without Wings, and it's based on my book, my classic book, Unarmed But Dangerous, the Tawana Williams story of relentless struggle and ultimate victory. And I am just excited about where I am in my life and how I push others into their life because it's not about me. It's never been about me. It was not about me. It was not about the money because I found out early on that you can't focus on the money because what you going to do when the money stops? Look at all the people that are struggling right now because their money stopped. My God. So, you know, I had to focus on the passion. I had to focus on the servant leadership that was in me. So that's what I did, Jerome. I just moved on it and, and I moved on what I had. You know, I didn't have arms. Okay. So I moved on what I, what I had, my two blessed feet, my mind to serve, my heart to love other people right where they were, right where they are. And that's how I continue to soar like an eagle without wings, unarmed, but dangerous. That is beautiful. You said something that really resonated with me. You said people are living defeated lives. Yeah. Yeah. What does that look like? People that walk around, living mediocre, looking for a handout, waiting for a stimulus check, you know, looking for a handout from the government or for some for somebody else to do it for them. No, uh-uh, that's not me. And I don't do free lunch. You know what I'm saying? Everything that I have, I earned. You know, I made a difference in my life. I knew I could have easily sat around and did the uh, the disability, but it's not in my DNA. You know, I just knew that there was greater on the inside of myself 
than the average person. So I realize that I'm not average. I'm above average. I'm extraordinary or extraordinary. You know, I don't play with my gift. I don't play with my life, you know, just seeing and observing people do things around me, things that I thought about doing and dreamed about doing, you know, they pushed me, you know, I realized that I had to stop ruling things out for myself because at some point that's what I did. I kept ruling things out or you, you don't have this, you don't have that, you, you know, you can't do this, you don't. And growing up, everybody around me told me that I could never prosper. You know, you don't have arms. How you going to do it? You know, and so in my heart of heart, I realized that there was a greater on the inside. You know, I realized that I had to move on my own, on myself, on what I knew that was possible for me. And so it just happened. You know, there's nothing so great that I've done. You know, I just said yes to the process of helping other people. And that's how I did it. Got it. So... This journey of becoming a professional speaker is not easy by any stretch. There's a lot of subjectivity in there and people will, on a whim make a decision on whether or not you get the opportunity. And sometimes those checks are five figures. What happened or can you think of that moment when you're like, I've got to keep going. This is the way. This is my only option. I call this the red pill moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on the inside, Jerome, I just knew that I had to overcome all of the challenges and all of the excuses that I've heard over the years. And, you know, so many people living lack and pay paycheck to paycheck and, you know, things like that. I just realized that I had more. There was greater in me. And, you know, I just learned to move further, to do it real quick. You know, I just moved on it. It's been 26 years for me. And um, I just kept it moving, you know, because I'm not a quitter. I was born to do this. I know that now. I was born to win. And giving up, you know, was not an option for me, you know. So, I just moved on what I had and what I knew that I was supposed to do. You know, I gave myself permission a long time ago to live my life full so that I would leave a legacy of hope to my daughter and my three grandboys. You know, I want to leave a legacy of value, of potential, of purpose to the world. And so I just moved on it. There was no crystal ball or a map, so to speak. I just did what I had to do. And um, it worked. That's all I can say, because that's how I did it. <laughs> mm. Are you able to give me maybe two or three of the smaller challenges that you've had to overcome on your journey? A few challenges that I went through. You know what? The best way to say this one is my challenges. They came to make me strong. However, giving birth to my daughter was one of the most challenging things that I had to overcome in my life. Because 
the naysayers, the doubters in my life continue to tell me that I couldn't take care of a baby just because I did not have arms. So what I did was when my daughter was born, I put a blanket down on the floor. I put her on top of that blanket. I fed her. I burped her. I bathed her. I'm just saying I braided her hair with my toes when she was asleep. You know, yes, it was a challenge, but guess what? I did it. And I didn't have anyone in my life that was born like me. I didn't have someone to mimic, you know? That was my figure it out moment. There you go, Tawana Williams. That was my figure it out moment with no instructions, nor directions. I just had to move on what I had and I did it. So giving birth was um, one of my toughest challenges. Now, there are some other challenges that I went through, a mindset shift. You know, I had to change my thinking about myself, about my life. You know, I had to see myself bigger and greater and wiser than the average person because everything around me, as I said, told me that I couldn't do it. You know, their small minds almost trapped me in that mindset of mediocrity. But I decided a long time ago that I could do this and I did it. The next challenge that I really had to overcome was the challenge of changing my circle, you know, my circle of friends. I had to change the company that I kept because, you know, I was addicted to crack for 10 years and the lifestyle of addiction and the loser mentality almost consumed my spirit and my heart and my life. And so in 1991, when I made a conscious decision that it was over, it was a supernatural deliverance that I encountered that night. But when I did, I realized that I had to move forward. I couldn't hang around alcoholics and losers and negative toxic people anymore. And so I did it. I made a conscious decision. It was going to be good. The nonsense and the foolishness was over in my life and I kept moving. And so, you know, those were a few challenges that I overcame. And also, you know, for me, just seeing myself as a fearfully and wonderfully made woman by God, you know, because as I said, growing up, everybody told me, you look funny. You're too short. You walk funny. You this, you that. And that's all I heard as a child. And so as an adult, and once I got myself together, when I got my dignity, you know, whatever was on the inside, you know, that winning spirit that was on the inside of me, once I got that, my God, it was on and popping in my life. So I know who I am. I'm a winner. I'm a boss and I'm a woman of value and purpose. And so, you know, I just really changed those things in my life. You know, all of the changes pushed me to where I am right now, and I'm grateful. What's up, tribe? It's your host, Jerome. I just want to let you know that we put together a free 15-point checklist for exiting the matrix. Jump on over to dreamshouldbereal.com in order to pick your free copy up. Let's get back to the show. 
That's beautiful. Yeah. What was your biggest fear during this process? Hmm. My biggest fear, I really don't have a lot of fear, Jerome. I've been trying to ponder on that. You know, for me, fear is just a word, you know, so I really don't have a lot of fear, but there are things in my life that really had me stuck a little, like, you know, in the beginning and traveling and speaking and giving hope to other people, you know, my issue at that time in the beginning was the budget, you know, people would call me, uh, Miss Tawana, we love you. We heard you on TV. We saw you on this or that. And we don't have any money, but we want you to come. The kids need you. And so what was I supposed to do? You know, so we showed up. Me and my husband, we showed up, you know, without the money. You know, that was the challenge. You know, the fear challenge. The fear factor, you know, was the money. You know, most of the time we used our own money. We would travel from North Carolina to California to New York, wherever, you know, when people called, we showed up. I traveled to churches, schools, prisons, daycares, nursing homes, drug rehabs, corporations, organizations, sororities, fraternities, boys and girls clubs, you name it, we've done it, you know? And so the money was really the issue. And I realized, and I said that earlier, that I realized that money was not the motivation. And I learned that. Don't worry about the money, Tawana, because the money is just a byproduct. You know, you are the hope. You are the hope coach. And you have to move that over, so to speak, and get it done. And that's what I've done. You know, it was a, it was a challenge. It was, it was tough, but I did it. And so when I met Les Brown in 2004, he challenged me. He challenged all of us at a networking speaking conference years ago. And I got to tell you guys this because this was this was so relevant in my life and in my speaking career. And so he said, he said, now I want everybody to get a pen and paper and I want you to write down an amount that you want to be paid for speaking. He said, don't give it to me. I want you to fold it, put it in your pocket or put it in your purse. And I gave mine to Toby and he put it in his pocket for me and my God. <laughs> and he said, don't show it to anyone. But when they call, you tell them that amount. So <laughs> about a week later, somebody called, a lady called me and said, I forgot what state it was. Anyway, it's been years ago, but she said, how much is your fee? And I said $5,000 because that's what I wrote on the paper. <laughs> I put $5,000, not even realizing that my worth was bigger than that. And so I said it and she said, no problem. I was like, woo woo. <laughs> and it sparked something on the inside of me that I could receive dollars, big dollars for speaking engagements. And so it just moved higher from there. So I'm excited. And of course, I still do my free presentations, of course, because that's who I am and that's my heart. But what I'm saying is there's no free lunch. And, you know, if you want it, you got to go get it. So, you know, for me, I just spoke it out of my 
mouth, you know, as far as on that piece of paper. That's what I said I wanted to earn at that time in my life. And I did it. I asked for it and it worked. So sometimes you just got to open your mouth and speak what you expect. And at some point it'll come to you. And that was a great moment for me, you know, just doing what I love to do. So I was excited. So I had to tell you that, Jerome. <laughs> love it. And I want to learn more about your experience with Les Brown. Like, how did you become a platinum speaker? How did you get engaged with them? And what doors did going through that process open for you? Absolutely. Well, Les's goddaughter was a friend of mine. We had been girlfriends for a long time. And she continued to push me saying, Tawana, you got to meet my godfather. You got to meet my godfather, Les Brown. I was like, nah, I'm good, girl. I got this. And so one day I released it and I said, okay, I'll call him. And when I did, it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, she passed away years ago, but I'm so glad that she pushed me into that realm of going to another level as a speaker. And so, like I said, I started out with my testimony and just sharing my story. But when I met Les Brown, my God, it just catapulted my income, my resolute message. You know, as I said, I was given a testimony. He taught me how to take my testimony to another level. She showed me how to take my story and change it to a message of hope, help, and inspiration. And then I met my life coach, Art Dotes, who's also a Les Brown Platinum speaker. We connected and he had continued to push me. And then I had Les on one ear and then Art in the other ear. I'm just saying it just really pushed me into the new level that I needed to be in. And I'm, I'm grateful and glad about it, you know, just moving forward. All of those doors that I have had the honor to walk into, many were because of the Les Brown Platinum Connection. So I'm grateful, you know, it's just an honor to serve others and give hope to people because, you know, right now we're in a hopeless state in our country. And so we all need hope. We need to know that it's possible for them. And so really, you know, my message is, you know, what's in your hands? You know, what's in your hands? Because I don't even have physical hands, Jerome. So I'm asking your listeners, your viewers right now, what's in your hands? What is it that you want to do with your life right now that you said you wanted to do? but you have not done it. You know, I'm challenging you right now to go get it, whatever it is. It's in your hands. Grab it and run with it because that's what I did. When I got the opportunity to meet less and grow from less and be mentored by less, I followed him. I didn't talk. I was listening. I was taking notes. I was paying attention to him in, in my life and what I wanted to do. You know, and I ran with that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? I ran with, you know, the things that I said I wanted to do, the things that I said I wanted to pursue. You know, I did it because the world told me I couldn't get a job. So I had to create my own job. You know, today I'm the CEO of Tawana Williams Outreach because I made a conscious decision to create my own job. 
We've got people right now that lost their job. Okay. Now what? What you going to do? You going to sit around and pity party? No. That's not how you roll. That's not how we roll. You know, you got to pick up your bed and walk. Run with your greatness, with your blessings. Because all things are possible. When you believe you can do it, my God, the sky is higher than the limits. You know what I'm saying? The sky is higher. I'm just saying you can do anything but fail when you put your mind to it. Mm, mm, mm. Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Motivate yourself sometimes. I love it. Yes. So you've made these transitions and you've moved out of kind of this old way where you're living a defeated life and now you're standing in purpose and helping others with inspiration and motivation. What have been the rewards for enduring the journey that you've been on? Wow. The rewards are just people just saying to Juana, I did it. I didn't think I could do it, but I did it. And, you know, that's, I know that's a simple reward, but I'm just saying, you don't realize the people that have called me and reached out to me in their lowest point. And, you know, a couple of years later, I see them greater. It's just such a blessing. You know, it's just a blessing. And, you know, I have so many rewards you know, being a part of Dr. Creflo Dollar's platform on his talk show twice. And then, you know, at his church in New York and then his church in Atlanta at the Dome. Man, my God, it was just a powerful opportunity. And I could go on and on and on about the different platforms that I've uh, been a part of. But, you know, it's not even about that. It's just the rewards of just seeing myself greater, you know, realizing that I did this, you know, and it's just a blessing. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. After you climbed out of that hole, using this different approach to life, was there anything that tried to pull you back into that lower standard of living? No, not really. Because when I made my mind up to serve, when when I had a made up mind, I just did the thing. I don't do backwards. <laughs> I don't look in the rearview mirror. You know, what's back there is over. It's in the past. And so I just continue to move forward and keep it going. But no, there was nothing holding me back. Mm-mm. Nope. I just keep moving. <laughs> Got it. Got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Absolutely. So, Tawana, we're down to the final four. And... I am so excited to get into these questions because I think they're going to turn over a new leaf. And I have to tell you, I'm so grateful for your transparency and authenticity to this point, because most people wouldn't be willing to own some of the things that you share with us, how you've overcome so many challenges throughout your life. So the first question that I have is, what are you most grateful for? Wow. You know, this is going to be a long list. No, I'm just playing. But I'm so grateful for the activity of my limbs. You know, I know my grandma Rogers used to say that when I was a child and I didn't understand what she meant by that statement. But as I grew and, you know, as I 
see so many challenges, you know, in my own life. But yet, just being grateful for the activity of my limbs, to be able to use my blessed feet, to be able to serve others. I'm so grateful for my husband, Toby, who continues to push me. My grandma Rogers, you know, that was in my life that continued to say, you can do this. She was my biggest cheerleader, you know, my loudest cheerleader, my biggest fan, you know, until she died, you know? So, you know, there were just so many people in my life that just pushed me, you know, Dr. Dollar um, and his wife, Pastor Taffy, you know, there are so many people in my life. My mom who sacrificed, you know, my grandma Rogers, they loved me unconditionally at first sight. You know, when I came out, they realized that I didn't have arms. You know, there was a process but you got to read Unarmed But Dangerous. Oh my God, that book is so powerful. But anyway, you know, every time I read my own story, it really resonates my soul. It really pushes me to do more and continually giving hope to other people. But there are so many things that I'm grateful for. But the main thing is that I, I made it. I'm here. I said yes to the process of living my life full, you know, and, and that's who I am you know, for the rest of my life. I can rest when I'm in my grave. Right now, I got work to do. I'm going to continue the work that I started in 1996. 1996, that's when I started. And I'm going to continue doing what I do, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. Tawana, what dream are you most focused on catching next? My movie, <laughs> Eagle Without Wings. I'm I'm pushing that to the limit right now, you know, as we are in a pandemic right now. However, I'm just moving forward and being that co-producer, pushing, doing the behind the scenes things that I need to do, getting that done. And then, you know, once that's done, um, I'll move to the next uh, focus, but um, I'm ready for my Oscar. Woo -woo! <laughs> yes, I am ready for this. I'm ready. Um, because I know that my story, it's not about me. Um, it's about what's in your hands, what you can do, you know? So I'm excited, but that's what I'm laser focused on right now is that's just producing, co-producing my debut movie, Eagle Without Wings. And um, it's going to be a powerful message um, that'll resonate throughout the world. So I'm excited. Do you want to give us a little preview on what to expect from the movie? Not yet. <laughs> I just know that it is going to be powerful. I will share this. As I said earlier, growing up, I didn't know anyone without arms, you know, like me. But the last 10 years, I met many young ladies that were also born without arms. And I have three young girls, Angel, Beautiful, and Cashmere. They are my eagles that are also born without wings. And so they're going to portray me in the movie in different stages or ages in my life. So I am excited about Eagle Without Wings movie. So check it out, eaglewithoutwings.com. 
like I said, it's based on my classic book, Unarmed but Dangerous, the Tawana Williams story of relentless struggle and ultimate victory. And it is my poignant and heroic true life story of how I made it on the other side. And like I said, once that's complete, you know, and I get my Oscar, it'll be time to go to the next level, the next dream or the next goal, because I'm always pushing myself, you know, and continually doing greater than the last. So I'm excited. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. What gift are you giving the world? I think I know the answer to this one, but I got to ask anyway. <laughs> My gift is, you know, that I made a conscious decision to give hope, you know, and, and just push others into their greatness. As I said, I'm not average. I'm not that average speaker. You know, on stage, you know, in a in a presentation, I pulled them in from the beginning. I pulled the listener or the viewer in, you know, in every speech. And I continue to engage with them and, you know, and keep them on the edge of their seats to give them substance and solutions for their problems and their lives, you know, because we're all in this together. We're the same kind of people, all of us. I don't care what color we are. We're the same kind of people. You know, we all bleed red, you know, so it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you have or what you don't have. You know, we just have to push forward and move the challenges over, you know, because there's nothing handicapped about me. I'm going to tell you that right now. Ain't nothing handicapped about me. I realized that as a child, you know, as a, as a, maybe a, a, elementary school student, <laughs> I realized that, that there was nothing handicapped about me and, and, you know, nothing's missing or broken in my life. And so I just continue to give hope and let people know that it's possible. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> That's awesome. And before I ask the last question, I just want to throw some love on you, Tawana, for being that beam of light and hope for the world to see. And, not letting what would be considered by most limitations be the reason why you lived a defeated life and the excuse for why you couldn't do or why you couldn't overcome. I think so many people use their condition as the reason why they can't be that thing that they dream of. And you're a living example. You're the glitch in the matrix that says, no, you don't have any excuses. And so I just, again, want to appreciate you and affirm you for the mission and the life that you're living, because for me, it's super inspirational and definitely motivating. Wow. Thank you. You know, I'm excited about what you just said. And I thank you because for me, I could easily create a list of a million and one legitimate excuses, all of the challenges that I went through. But, you know, I realized that excuses don't hide. They just reveal who you really are. And so I had to move the excuses over, move it over, let them go. You know, leave your excuses at the altar today, right now, you know, wherever you are, remove the excuses, you know, because my motto is excuses or results. You can't have both. You got to choose. And I chose results. And that's how I live my life, unarmed but dangerous, and the hope coach.
<laughs> and so my final question is the way I end every episode. What's the one thing you want our listeners to take away from our conversation? Huh. I think what I want to leave you guys with is what's in your hands? What's in your hands? What is it that God told you to do, but you have not done? I don't care how hard it is or how hard you think it may be. I'm telling you, if you receive it and you move on it, your life will never be the same. So, you know, what's in your hands? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Here I am without arms (laughs) and impaired use of my legs. Oh, I walk. But I'm just saying, I got some issues with walking long distance. But what I'm saying is, you know, what's in your hands? What's wrong with you? Go get it. You know, if you want it, go get it. Don't give yourself any more excuses not to go get it. That's what I would leave with the listeners today. Go get it. What's in your hands? (laughs) Tawana, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I look forward to continuing to deepen our relationship. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.